Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is Kyle Morgan. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Nothing much, man. Just uh, excited to be back. Excited to be back. Back and at it on a nice hot night in uh, good old city of Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. We like our weather just like our chicken. Hot. And deep fried. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> some of us. Oil, Most of us. Oiled up and hot. <laughs> the weather. That You know, that's one thing I've never heard a weather uh, person say. It's going to be... Deep fried, <laughs> a deep fried, oily. That's how you feel when it's morning human. commute. You, feel, you do, man. Feels you like do. you just got, you know, dipped in a vat of hot oil. <laughs> you gotta take two showers. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, uh, how's your week been? Week's been good. Yeah. Good week. Yeah. What about you? I've had a good week. You've been busy. I have been busy. I have been busy. Busy day tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, finish off the week strong. Good days Good days only. Good days only. Good vibes and good days. Um, I was driving home from CrossFit and a black cat crossed my path. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ran in front of my car. So, does that mean we are... Sleeping in the same room tonight? Uh, I mean, it can. <laughs> can mean whatever you want are it to you, mean. Are you feeling any different? Um, no. I, I don't really believe in superstitions. Wow. Yeah. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. You, what do you mean you don't believe in superstitions? I think it's, it's all in your head. If you convince yourself of something, it's going to be true. If there is a ladder propped up against the wall will you go out of your way not to walk underneath it i mean why would i walk under something if i don't need to no well you i'm saying would you go out of your way yeah i mean there's no reason to walk under a ladder in the first place so i wouldn't walk under it okay yeah i could not disagree more (laughs) wait is the is the set is it you shouldn't walk under a ladder? You're not. You're, it's bad luck. It's bad luck if you, luck walk, if you walk under a ladder. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're telling me if you break a mirror, you're not just like, oh, I may have just ruined it for myself. Um, no, I'd be more concerned about all the glass on the floor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I get the sense you're the opposite. Oh, I I absolutely am superstitious. Um, I just think there are things that that shouldn't be a. Uh, Shouldn't be messed. Shouldn't with. be messed with. I think there's there's omens. I you know you do, you know you see the world through your own perspective. So if you uh-huh. think something's suspicious, then you start looking for things. You do. Mm-hmm. However, there are certain things that I you know just I'm gonna steer clear from. I mean I understand. 
I'm, I'm I just I just I I just saying I disagree. I, if I if a black cat mm-hmm. ran across my car, maybe I'd maybe I'd be a little more intentional about my praying. Yeah. You know, yeah, you maybe could. maybe I'd make sure I lock the door at night. Or who's chasing a mouse? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> not. He's just trying to get his dinner, man. Just trying to trying to get the bacon. You know, uh I'm not sure if it matters. No. I don't I just think people I just think people convince themselves of too many things. Like you hear Ooh. something at night and the automatic reaction is like Oh no, someone's in the house. Or, oh no, there's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, of course. That's our natural. I know, but it's, usually it's, it's natural not defense. True. Usually that's Oh, is I not know, the but case. the one time it is true the is when you, you, like, you need it to be. One time it is true, you beat the shit out of that <laughs> ghost, and you. I don't know. If, I don't know what you do to the other guy. I don't know what you do to the real life dude. Um, I'm not sure why black cats are a bad omen, but I imagine it have something to do probably with the. With the plague, yeah, oh, I'd have to guess. That's not bad. That's a good guess. Um, but I just thought I just I kind of thought it was just like the like the black color. Like people associate black with like darkness and uh-huh. bad luck. Yeah, man, I feel like there's one other thing I wanted to say, but I can't remember. Um, you. You had mentioned, um, you had mentioned an article a couple weeks back. I did. I mentioned an article a couple weeks back that about the origins of Viagra. Uh huh. Um, I found I found the article and I read it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Part of the reason I think it's so interesting is just that scientists have figured out Viagra, you know, sexual enhancement, you uh-huh. know, for men, and that for women it's just like. A bit more tricky and like we're not there yet yeah yeah um if you have time for any readers i would i would recommend uh doing a little reading a little bedtime reading and educating yourself on uh a billion dollar industry um did you say the guy in the article they were talking about injected himself with 17 he did so this kind of relates back to the article we did uh, yes about testing drugs on yourself yes about two weeks ago so the guy that that ended up eventually discovering viagra injected 17 different i guess yeah like <laughs> like possible solutions yeah. um into himself to see what worked and eventually he he found something that did so i guess it's more common than we thought because if I guess it was worth it too. You know, you could play for some <laughs> it's worth it and for others it didn't work out so well. Maybe not, maybe not. Uh yeah. The people it didn't work out for is the four hour erection people. Or if you wake up in a or I guess if you don't wake up in a That's relaxation true. tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it I feel like you missed the train. You uh, yeah you uh, you didn't do something right. Something went wrong. Um, well cool. Uh, we uh, we're gonna start out with a good old classic AI article. Yeah, so this AI article is brought to us from ScienceMag.org. 
Uh, the article is titled, AI Researchers Allege That Machine Learning Is Alchemy. Uh, and this uh, scientist, Ali Rahami, um, kind of kind of says that <laughs> apparently, so a AI testing is, is mostly engineering and algorithms, and I imagine a lot of computer science. Mm. Machine learning. Seriously. Yeah. And um, the scientific articles and journals that have been put out on AI have been apparently less than credible because a lot of people are trying to keep their discoveries a secret because mm -hmm. they all want to be well they all they all want to be cutting edge yeah and secondly there's so many processes of trial and error that it's become like the process has become kind of sloppy it's like oh well we have this you know like really long algorithm and we'll just switch like these three things and then it gets a little better and then it's kind uh, of just like guessing what's plug and chug. Yeah. what's gonna work and what doesn't damn okay um just for those who aren't aware or maybe don't fully know the term alchemy for those of you who don't deal with alchemy on a on a daily basis those of you who are not alchemists in your uh in your other life um this was the medieval forerunner of chemistry and it was based on the supposed transformation of matter it was concerned particularly with elements to convert base metals into gold or to find a universal elixir. Um, another, another definition is a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. So, Yeah, so what, what I gathered from the article is that uh, kind of, I think the best way to put it is how you said kind of a plug and chug. Mm -hmm. Or the, they create a, a thing called a, seeing if it works. Dude, that is. I guess that really is kind of like alchemy. Uh, it is. Well, it's. it's... Yeah. Well, because from what I understand about alchemy, is they were just kind of like doing a bunch of these experiments, just trying to see what could huh. possibly. Right. And from my seventh grade science fair, uh -huh. I know that you're supposed to have a controlled variable. Ah, yes. And uh, is it uncontrolled? I've heard both, or a dependent and independent. Oh, that's what, I, there it is, a, a, a dependent and an independent variable, mm -hmm. and it sounds like we have a, a lot of a lot variables. Of variables. <laughs> Just all, all the variables. Been, dude, uh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, some skeptical uh, research going on. Um, however, this saying that it's alchemy has upset some people, um, Yan Yan Lichun. Uh, who was Facebook's chief AI scientist? Oh, wow. um, took this criticism not too kindly, and he said, "Engineering is messy. It's not alchemy. It's engineering." Uh, he fears that this misunderstanding of what engineering is could uh, slow down innovation and discourage the AI as a world r real option. So by saying AI is alchemy, yeah, it kind of makes it seem like it's just like a bunch of hocus pocus, like chaotic, right? And <laughs> Facebook's uh, Lechun believes that hey, we have to keep we we need to tighten it up, like yeah. keep it as professional as possible. 
That's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Because when people hear alchemy, most people are like, that fake, fake science. I mean, pretty much. Um, the article pretty much ends up saying we we need both. Like, we do need some guess and check. Yeah. But we also need it to be scientific. Okay. Like, it needs a method. It can't just be throwing all the ingredients in the in the pot at once and see, you know, <laughs> hoping for the best. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of regulation on AI research. No, it hardly seems like there's any. I don't, yeah, I I have I have not heard of any. And of all the articles that we've done, it's um it seems like people are just going at it. Well, and then once they once they reach too far, like the two, I believe it was the two oh, Facebook yeah, was, AIs. Uh-huh, like Facebook shut that down. The government didn't come in and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. please stop, <laughs> please stop this." It was it was Facebook that. Dude, there was another AI, and I may have mentioned I may have mentioned this before. It just started going off the rails and talking about like conspiracy theories. I think it was hooked up to the internet or something. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just it it just. It just started rambling on. You have to you have to be worried about Theo's uh those researchers. Researchers and science. And science. Well, I guess don't believe everything you read. Mm. Don't believe <laughs> everything you read. Yep. It's great advice, Kyle. Thank you. It's good advice. Thank you. I may do a new segment, Kyle's advice of advice of the week. <laughs> um. Well, cool. Uh, I know you got another one for us. I do. Uh, and then we'll finish off with a, uh, with a good old story I found. Yes. Uh, I thought this was really cool. I thought so too. Cool. So this is from atlasobscura.com. Uh, um, the title of the article is Scientists Have Confirmed the Longest Straight Line Over Water. Uh, this article was published on May 1st, so pretty recently. Uh so here's here's the premise of of this. You can call it a discovery. Yeah, it's a discovery of sorts. Um, so here's here's the premise. You're in a boat and you're traveling in a straight line. How far? How far can you go? Just going straight. Just going straight. Yep. So apparently, a a Reddit user found that you can go from uh, Russia. To Pakistan in a straight line so you leave I mean it doesn't matter because it's a straight line but let's say you you leave Russia you go through like where the tip of the southern Argentina Mm -hmm. and north Antarctica I guess it's north is it north it'd be north Antarctica North Antarctica You cut through Madagascar and the the southern east side of Africa. Yeah, it's like the between between the island of Madagascar and and uh, Africa. Africa, and you keep going up, and you land in Pakistan. That's so crazy. It's the longest straight line that you can take on on a boat. Um, so this this uh, was apparently just just. Confirmed by science. Uh-huh. I'm not sure why we needed science. I think we could have we could have used le- probably less scientists on this. Uh, but apparently this guy just used Google Earth and was like, hey, I found it. I found Nailed the it. longest. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this man's a lawyer. His name is Patrick Anderson. So thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Pat. Uh, the journey is nineteen thousand nine hundred and forty miles. It's a long ass journey. Uh, in case you were wondering, you cross the Arabian Sea, the Indian Ocean, the South Atlantic Ocean, and the entire Pacific. The entire Pacific. Jesus. That's a long trip. Um, yeah, like I said, apparently there was some dispute on, on what the longest path was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand. you. I guess you could run into a stray island, but... Uh, yeah, that'd be tough, though. I guess that's why we needed to confirm it by Google. science. Yeah. And the internet. Good old Google Earth. Good old Google Earth. Thank you, satellites. Thank you, science. Science and satellites. Um, yeah, I thought this was interesting. No, for sure it was. Yeah, I, I found that and I was like, can, can you imagine traveling in a boat for that long? I think it's really interesting if you, I'm sure Eric will post it, but if you have the time to look at the video, because if you look at it on a flat map, Mm -hmm. the journey, you're just like, that's not like, there's no way, like, that's not possible (laughs) until you see it on Google earth. Like obviously the curvature of the earth really helps with the illustration, but could I imagine traveling that long? No, no, especially not in a boat. Not dude. Uh, yeah. Also, it would be extremely hard to just go straight. You know what I mean? With all the currents and stuff. Oh, and if Im- imp- into, I imagine yeah. nearly impossible. And if you ran into a storm or whatnot, that's it would yeah, I I I don't I don't think it is possible in legitimate No. Oh right here. How long to calculate time and distance in a boat? Oh man. I yeah. I'm inexperienced when it comes to nautical terms. Me too. I, I feel like knots no is just a made up. Oh well, one for those little uh, little education. Educate us right here. So one mile an hour is equivalent to point eight six eight nine seven six knots. Nice. There you go. Tight. So twenty three miles an hour is approximately twenty knots. Huh. Okay. Just a little off. Yeah, it's a little, just a little rounding. Just a little, uh, huh. What is, um, knots, or nautical, nautical miles, isn't there nautical miles? Oh, is that something different? I, no, I, well, I think it's a distance term. Instead of miles, I think there's, like, nautical miles. Uh, oh boy. It is, a nautical mile is approximately 2,200 Wait, 2,025 yards. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, the ocean's just a different beast. It's a, it's a different animal. We have talk, We have said that many times. We have. Although, if you are... Like, if you know how to operate a boat and you know all the terms and stuff, oh, there dude. are fewer things that are, like, less badass. Oh, dude, so true. Or fewer things that are more badass. Yeah, flying a plane's pretty badass. Flying a plane's super cool. But, dude, just cruising on a boat. If you, like, know what you're doing you know and know what, what everything's called, then uh, you're like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, going about 30 knots. If you look off your starboard side over the uh, <laughs> over the boom. 
Yeah, I feel like, yeah, exactly. You're just like, damn, that guy is cool. Damn, what the fuck did I say? <laughs> he sounds so cool. Um, Sophisticated. Seriously, dude, yeah, wearing a little captain's hat. Little captain's hat, little, uh... You know that guy has stories. Oh, well, Oliver has stories. Boat guy. Boat guy. Boat guy, fishing guy. <laughs> stories. Yeah. yeah. They just go hand in hand. Like, shit that you... Shit that happens on the ocean, like, doesn't happen anywhere else. Like, squalls... What's a squall? It's like a massive storm. Oh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Check it out. And more, more ocean terms. More ocean terms. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, dude, the whales. A squall, a sudden, violent gust of wind mm-hmm. or localized storm, especially bringing rain, snow, or sleet. Ooh. While being on the water? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Never been much of a uh, boat guy. No. Well, I mean, growing up in Indiana, that unless, makes it unless tough. you have a lake house, you're not really you're, you're not, not really associated with boats. Not a lot of days. Uh, no. On the on the boat no. in the uh, <laughs> landlocked state. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't much of a story there. It was, I just thought it was a cool, cool little tidbit about the Earth. Well, yeah, I agree. About the uh, world we live in. Do you know that I know how to sail a sailboat? Uh, I don't. I did not know that, but that doesn't surprise me. Okay, fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact, listeners. I've known Eric for five years now. Learn something new every something day. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, wow, that just that just brought me something. Um, I read the other day, and I didn't think about this, but it said, um, I guess I was like social media or something. It said, everyone you know has a different version of you in their head. Don't do that. Like, everyone you know sees <laughs> you differently. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Now I see I see you differently now that I know you know how to sail. Well, you can call me captain whenever you want to. Because uh, now that I know how to sail. Just okay, whenever. Yeah. I don't want to pressure you into it, but if you felt yeah. like you needed to, uh-huh. I would accept it. Okay, captain. <laughs> Uh, let's get into our next story. How about that? <laughs> also, just on what you said, it's yeah. weird to think that there are thousands of interpretations of like myself. I know. But that's, that, that's exactly what I'm... That will probably keep me up tonight. Yeah. I mean, when I saw it, I was like... And the black cat. And the black cat. <laughs> let's hope not. Uh, I was like, damn. It's true. Everyone thinks... Everyone knows you differently. Has the, everyone has their their own form of reality. The other crazy thing is, you, no one knows like what goes on in your head. Thank goodness. <sighs> yeah, for real. Thank goodness. I would never want to read someone's mind just because I would not. I would not want that to happen to me, so I would not do that to someone else. Well, golden rule. Golden rule. Yeah, universal. Universal rule. Okay. Um, so, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, I don't know, for a good while, um, we have done stories from this book, Dark Lore. And this is the 8th edition. Um, yeah, I was just kind of like scrolling for stories and I 
I always forget we have the, or I always forget that I bought these. Or, yeah, we have two. This is, I think we have the 8th and the ninth. But anyway. Um. They just have, they have like, I think, eight or nine stories in them. This is a story called Too Deep for Ordinary Man. And it's called, it's subtitled The Strange History of the Shaver Mystery Craze. And it's by Blair McKenzie Blake. And it tells the story of a sci-fi magazine in the late 40s called Amazing Stories. A pulp science fiction magazine called Amazing Stories. Um, and the story follows um, these two men, um, Richard Shaver and Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer is the... Uh, energetic young editor of Amazing Stories. And Richard Shaver is a man who writes into the magazine telling um, Ray Palmer, or just whoever would read it, it ends up being Ray Palmer, about these crazy experiences he had. Um, so Ray comes across the uh, Shaver story after one of his colleagues tossed the letter in a uh, like a trash bin and um, re- uh, so Ray, he literally picked it up out of the trash yeah the dude read the letter and was like this is he I can't, uh, he said something like this is complete this is like idiocracy like this is ridiculous so uh-huh. he just tossed it in the trash can and so Ray was like okay like Obviously, this is weird. I gotta pick it up. So he picked it up, read it, and uh, Richard um, starts to tell this story of an ancient civilization that used to be on Earth. And um, so this letter contained details of an intergalactic alphabet that the sender considered, which was... um, uh, shaver that the sender considered to be an immensely important find in that it constitu- constituted undeniable proof of the Atlantean legend. Um, it says conducting a few casual experiments with the universal language called Matong, um, parentheses Earth's mother tongue, while repeatedly applying the formula of the root words hidden meaning, the results proved interesting. Whether merely on a lark or to show who was boss, um, Ray um, chided his friend for the lack of editorial judgment and told him to run the entire letter in the next issue. In doing so, on that winter's day in 1943, the orbits of two remarkable men would soon cross. With their combined efforts, they were about to create a publishing sensation. So... um, the story uh, continues to unfold. It goes on to talk about um, Palmer sent Richard a letter requesting additional information. And it says what he got in return was a 10,000 word hodgepodge entitled A Warning to Future Man. Um, this letter back was not the best literary uh writing it was more um 
the book states it as uh, the raving, uh, the work of a raving lunatic. Um, however, Palmer was fascinated, and um, you said it was ten thousand words. Yeah. Okay, so that that's forty pages, uh-huh. approximately forty pages, double spaced. Wow, that's a good amount of writing. It's good, uh, good content. That's good content. So, um, Richard Shaver at this. Um, at this time in his life, was a factory worker uh, from Pennsylvania, and he obviously claimed that these stories were true, um, but uh, Amazing Stories was a fiction magazine, mm-hmm. and Palmer um, recrafted this manuscript that Shaver sent, um, correcting the grammatical atrocities and retitled it, I Remember Lemuria. So, if if you don't... Kyle, are you familiar with Lemuria? Have you heard that term before? I'm not. Okay. Check it out real fast. How do you spell it? L-E-M-U-R-I-A. I spelled that completely incorrectly. Ooh. Is, Lemuria uh-huh. is the name of a lost land... Located either in uh, uh, the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that? Indiana? The Indian? Indian or Pacific Oceans. Wow, yeah. I read that way wrong. <laughs> Holy bucket. <laughs> Too much time in front of the computer. I strain. Yeah, so, it, <laughs> so anyway, Lemuria, yeah, Lemuria is this supposed lost land. Um, so that that is what Palmer retitled this manuscript as. Um, it says to lessen the concerns that his bosses had about this new. Uh, it says this new mutation. He informed his readers that it was an incredible example of racial memory by its courageous author. Is Lemuria and Atlantis? Supposed to be the same thing? I don't believe so. Two separate, same concept. Se- yeah. Same, Sim- similar concept? But yeah, both lost civilizations. Got it. Um, yes. So, um, Shaver, um, his, his accounts, um, basically, Involve this degenerate remnants of humanity's past, like heritage. Uh-huh. Um, in a special section called "Report from the Forgotten Past," these letters included encounters with malignant entities by cave explorers, memories of previous incarnations, disembodied voices, and other inexplicable phenomenon. Um, with each new installment of the Shaver mystery, Palmer challenged his readers to get involved in order to either prove or disprove Shaver's wild claims. In hyping Shaver's thought records of ancient Lemuria, he not only had to stoke the fire of diehard believers, but also had to deal with the wrath from fandom. Those science fiction purists who accused him of perverting the genre by promoting Shaver's hokum. Right. So there was kind of this... The, because Palmer was altering the stories to make them more suited for, yeah, make it suited for his own purpose. Uh-huh. Right here, I remember 
I remember there's the uh, little cover yeah. art. Yeah, Kyle just pulled up a uh, pulled up a little picture. Um, okay, so Shaver um, Shaver's story, and I'll try to I'll try to make this not stretched out. But his story starts back in 1932 when he was working for the original Ford Motor Plant in Highland Park, Michigan. And it says, one day while working on the assembly line, he heard voices, far off voices of endless complexity, noting that this occurred while holding a certain welding gun. He rationalized that by some freak of its coils field attunement, the tool had become a teleradio. During another shift, the incoherent babble became clear with voices that somehow didn't sound quite human. Even more disturbing, he heard the anguished screams of a woman along with monstrous snuffles. What he was hearing, or rather the impressions that he was receiving in his head, was the horrible satisfaction of sickening creatures torturing human females that had been abducted from the surface. Through this thought augmenter, he also heard the mentioning of ancient space vessels. Okay. So, um... Yeah, kind of weird. Um, definitely strange. And so, basically, he was unable to ignore this, and he quit his job and basically became a bum. And while it says, while tramping around in Depression-era America, Shaver was either locked away in jail or admitted to a mental hospital. Um, it says, whatever it was, while held in confinement one night, she first appeared to me like a vision, a mere ghost or dream that has drifted over to linger briefly in the real world. So this is when Shaver starts encountering this woman called Nydia, N-Y-D-I-A, and her repeated presence in his cell um, that filled him with delicious sensations of pleasure. So yeah, there's this undertone of um, sexuality, if you will. And so he says on one of, so it says on one of her frequent visits, a dazed unseen guard whose mind was obviously being controlled by a powerful beam technology released from Shaver uh, released Sha- or sorry, it, it released Shaver from his prison. With the solid illusion of Nydia taking his hand, the two hurried down the corridor and escaped into the wooded countryside. Um, after traveling for miles, they entered a cavern. Um, Nydia, this is when Nydia becomes a flesh and blood thing. Um, this woman was one of the secret people and a direct descendant of an alien race. Um, she would restore Shaver's sanity by divulging to him a mysterious realm of unfathomable complexity that had for millennia existed in tandem with an unsuspecting humanity. So, they basically... um, So Shaver Shaver did break out of jail. Yeah, somehow he got out of jail. So that did happen. Yes, apparently that did happen. And this... Somehow he got to this cave, according to him, uh, guided by this woman. Um, Shavers told um, 
of a race of super beings that had migrated from their home in the far reaches of interstellar space that colonized Earth many thousands of years ago. Um, these nearly immortal, resplendent humanoids were known collectively as Elder Gods. And they... Um, they basically, it says, in their pristine new surroundings, the advanced civilizations of the Titans and the Ant and the Atlans flourished for countless centuries until the sun gradually began to change. And it says they were bombarded by poisonous solar radiation in a desperate attempt to stave off its degenerate effects. They artificially hollowed out vast caverns. And... Uh, when this didn't work, they decided to go back home, but they couldn't take everyone. So they left people here, and um, yeah, it says the less fortunate were left behind. And part of this less fortunate group was an artificial race that they had genetically fashioned to enforce their will. So these primitive creations... Um, Return or some of these primitive creations returned to the surface and adjusted to the harmful energy, and these are supposedly the ancestors of modern humans. Okay, yeah, so that's that's interesting. There, um, others, however, did not go to the surface and they continued to devolve in their subterranean empire. Um, so Shaver called these mutate. Apparently they were really strange looking. Um, he called these things the Dero, which is a contraction of the words detrimental robot. And um, there's also a term for their more benign fellow cavern dwellers known as the Tero, T-E-R-O, short for integrative robot. And it says, in the case of the former, at least, the word robot meant that they had no real self-control of their actions. Um, so, yeah. Kind of strange. He's based, so he's, it, Shaver is saying that he was enlightened to this underground world where these diminutive beings lived. And they were remnants of an ancient civilization, the, basically the leftovers of an ancient civilization. So. That left Earth. At least the lucky ones. Yeah, the lucky ones left Earth. So, um, these things, um, however, um, they torment humankind. So... Basically, the Tarot attempt to thwart the Darrow's twisted desires um, these these uh, these desires to like affect humanity um, with these <laughs> with these like ray beam technologies that they beam out from under the earth. What and it like makes people do bad things. Okay. Yeah. So like anything, anything bad that humans do is because, according to Shaver, of these is because of these ray beams that are coming from these Center. diminutive robots. <laughs> this is a. Uh... 
Okay. Yeah. I would say it. It's a little, uh, we're getting into hollow earth theory. We're getting into hollow earth theory. We I feel indeed. like a little bit. We are indeed. Um, yeah, this, yeah, this, this story goes into flying saucers as well, uh, hollow earth. So, um, basically, the idea that Shaver was let out of this mental facility is kind of in question. Um, years after the Shaver mystery faded into obscurity, Palmer would constantly be asked if the whole thing was an elaborate hoax perpetrated by its co-creators in order to make a quick buck. And so, um, Shaver was in various mental institutions, um, including a lengthy stay at the Iona... Iona... Yeah, Iona. Ionia? I-O-N-I-A, State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, from 38 to 43. And, um, yeah, he was in there with paranoid schizophrenia. So, basically, it's in question as if Shaver actually saw this Nydia woman or if he was just having hallucinations of... Can't you hallucinate? Isn't that... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paranoid. I mean, paranoid schizophrenia is hallucinations and auditory and visual, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, basically, it's it's debated on if on if this story is actually true. But according to Shaver, it is. And so we're just gonna go with that. I think it's crazy that this dude uh, Palmer published it. Well, that's that's honestly the I think I think that's even the more interesting part is that Palmer Palmer um, kind of used these stories to get a viewership, which is I mean, or not a not a viewership, a readership, which is I mean, it's good business. It is. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I uh, I think it's very interesting. It is, and um, to to tap into uh, what is is schizophrenia. Uh, uh, it is a mental disorder in which a person loses touch with reality. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that someone with with a mental disorder like could write that, and then mm-hmm. it you know captivates an audience. I know, right? Um, it, well, I, I guess if you believe that it's not true and that his mind had made it up, that's kind of even crazier. Because his mind had gone to this place and then he basically created a story out of it and then Palmer made it readable. Pretty much. Yeah. He made... I think... I, it's, I mean... As far as like science goes, like I don't know. I th- I think that's I think it'd be an interesting read. Like you see, you can. I mean, it's pretty logical to follow. Like you know, a normal story, you just read it cover to cover. But to to read something like that, yeah, we're like, hey, this is someone that has schizophrenia. Like wrote this, dude. That's kind of a trip. 
It is a trip. <laughs> it really is. Uh, yeah, it's crazy where the mind can go when it's like, when there's like something not right with it. Or, I mean, yeah, when there's something, in this case, when there's something off with it. Uh-huh. Um, so, it goes on to talk about how, um, so you've heard of DMT. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've okay. talked about DMT we on, have, on the show. We have talked about DMT. So DMT, um, there are stories about DMT and people who have tripped on DMT and um, basically the what Shaver, how Shaver talks about the entities mentioned in his story are the way he talks about them are very similar to way to the way people talk about tripping on DMT and who they see and like what they see. Um, so mo- it's the author says modern recreational users of exogenous DMT and other psychoactive substances might compare Shaver's descriptions of the Dero as fearfully anemic jitterbugs and goggle-eyed wizened imps with their own encounters with self-transforming machine elves, extravagant machinery such as that described in the caverns of the Tiro and Dero have also been glimpsed while exploring the mostly uncharted, tryptamine-enriched realms, with another common reoccurring theme being a lost or alien language that the gaggle of fractal entities attempt to teach to intrepid psychonauts. And that was two or three sentences. All of what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) So props to the author. That is brilliantly written. So yeah, basically there's there's a lot of comparable things. And so that brings some doubt into rather Shaver was tripping right or uh, yeah whether his brain was tripping or whether this is an actual true story um so that's kind of that's where most of it uh ends the rest of the story is talking about how Palmer and um how Palmer had a belief of the more um, etherical side. So Palmer believed more in the spirits. So he believed that these... He believed that these... um, Tiro and Dero were spirits of the dead that inhabit the ethereal plateaus that encompass our planet. Okay. As compared to Shaver, who literally believed that there were these things living underneath us. And, um... The Flying Saucers uh, that I mentioned earlier were apparently the same ships that these Elder Gods left in. Do you remember me? You remember yeah, yeah, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and this was like 
this is this is really interesting. And this was right around the time when the UFO craze was happening. Um, it says shaver enthusiasts are quick to remind us that his stories and articles in the 1940s contain many of the elements that are present in modern UFO lore. These include the ancient astronaut hypothesis, saucer craft with gravity deflecting devices, and crash retrieval of alien vehicles, and the abduction of humans by otherworldly beings that visit the Earth unsuspected. It says, In the same issues of Amazing that featured the Shaver mystery, the letter columns was often filled with reports of similar UFO-related events. Um... So yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think I think something's probably wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, Shaver in 1960 made a discovery on his farm. Um, he says that he found tangible proof of the legends of our distant past. He he. He found these rocks, and apparently they were um, pre-flood artifacts that Shaver called the Rock Fogo, R-O-K-F-O-G-O. And according to him, slicing them into thin layers with a diamond saw revealed glimpses of the Atlantean civilization in its original splendor. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, that's a little side note. This was, that was in 60, so that was way after these were published. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. The author, um, to end out the whole thing, the author kind of states what I've kind of been saying is, um, was Shaver kind of crazy, or was he, like, almost predicting... Um, the future. Um, he said, did Shaver cure his mental illness by using his high-powered imagination to create an alternate reality that could, in effect, explain the mocking voices in his head, mocking voices in Circus of Death in his head? Um, it says, scientific notes containing detailed technical illustrations that were written by him while a patient at the state hospital have survived um and he scribbled them on the back of hospital report forms and they say he was supplied uh with pencils by a nurse that he had befriended so kind of kind of interesting i think like i said I, i think the most interesting bit would be to read you know, if it, he was schizophrenic, to read like what, like what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. It definitely would have. What are um, uh, What are your thoughts? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't believe that it's. I don't believe that his stories are legitimate. But I don't know some of the ideas. Some of the ideas uh, that are in the story, as far as like technology, are kind of interesting to look at from a modern perspective. 
Um, yeah. I think I think the theme of of humanity being visited. I mean, dude, ancient aliens. There's the whole there's a whole show. <laughs> there's uh, you know, like twelve about, seasons about humans being visited. Like, I just think it's interesting that that is like has been a common theme like throughout time. It has, yeah. It's always it's always been. I feel like it's always in the back of people's heads. Um, another quick little question that the author says. Um, with the proliferation of advanced technologies, including genetically engineered organisms, self-replicating machines, artificial intelligence, and virtual reality possibilities, perhaps we should reevaluate Shaver's nonsensical ramblings. Rather than being the most celebrated rumpus that rocked the science fiction world as Life magazine described it, or as the forerunner of X-Files-type fringe phenomenon, the machines-gone-mad world of the Dero might be closer to the surface than we previously led to believe. As to his stories of ancient Lemuria, was Shaver remembering the future, asking us to consider the potential dire consequences of opening Pandora's box? Were it not for the acute hearing of Ray Palmer, this warning to future man by a true visionary would probably have remained in the wastebasket where it had been crushed into a ball by an associate editor who called it the sickest crap I'd run into. And Richard Shaver was also quoted saying, it was a hell of a long dream, brother, if it didn't happen. I mean, 40 pages. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So, I don't know. I, I like. I kind of like want to. Be- I kind of like want to believe it. You want to believe that there are people living under the Earth's surface. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh. Yeah, I do. I don't know. Little robot people. Little machine people. I. Uh, I don't know what. The, what's the opposite of hollow? Full. Um. Yeah, I guess. I don't like hollow. I prefer my earth not hollow. I I prefer my earth not hollow. I guess I might. I guess I might want to believe that they are more of what Ray Palmer thought of as like ethereal, kind of inhabiting a different plane of existence. Mm -hmm. But that people are somehow able to access through DMT or whatnot. So, what do you think? Isn't that what uh, what episode? Uh, it was um, Stoned Ape Theory. Is that uh, DMT? No, no, that was um, that was psilocybin mushrooms. I don't think that DMT. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. DMT is a naturally occurring mm-hmm. uh, substance. I was I was just yeah. trying to remember the episode that we had talked about it. No, no. I mean that that is I mean that is definitely the psilocybin. Uh, psilocybin is a mind altering mushroom but an edible if you will so yeah would you rather have a hollow earth or a flat earth <laughs> uh, a hollow earth if you had if you had to believe in one of if you had to subscribe as a hollow earther or a flat earther uh, I mean hollow earth without a doubt a flat earth is just completely illogical we've talked about this before it's no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that one. 
It uh, you know what's you know, also also really cool is some of those covers of those really old science fiction magazines. Yeah. Super super like. They're just weird. It's it's there as culture has changed yeah. the uh, like our perception of they're just like, art. Yeah, they're just like a primitive. A primitive science fiction idea. It is you. You can tell that they're they're like adolescent ideas. Yes, it's like it's like if a preschooler were to draw like a tra- I don't know a train or like a car. It's very elementary, very elementary, my dear Watson. All obviously also hand drawn, no hand, computers. Yes, dude, seriously, yeah, no computer generated. I think that adds towards our idea of. It does. That's for sure. Uh, like premature. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Illustrations. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. That's it. That's, that's all I have. That's all you got. Sweet. Um, well, thank you for listening. Um, we are on social media at World We Live In. Uh, that's Twitter. World We Live In Pod, I should say. Um, you can find us on Audioboom, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, rate and review. Ratings and reviews are extremely important. There, that's how other people see... That's how other people see our podcast. The, so. uh, the good word. Yeah. If you enjoy us, uh, just take a minute. Doesn't take long. Less than a minute. Honestly, yes. Yes. Just a couple words and... One out of five stars. Well, five out of five stars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally. <laughs> ideally. We do have nine ratings, and they're all five stars, so hopefully, hopefully it continues. So, no pressure, but, you know, there's kind of a streak going. There might be a monetary prize. Oh. Just maybe. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly, there might be a monetary prize. But who knows? I don't have a lot of money. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, thank you for listening again. Hope you enjoyed the story, and hopefully your week isn't disturbed by uh, beams coming from the center of the earth. Yes, hopefully you are not visited by little machine uh, machine people or black cats or black cats. If you believe in such things, don't walk under a ladder. Don't break any mirrors and umbrellas. Don't spill any salt. No. <sighs> yeah, dude, we forgot about the salt. To be fair, I always forget which shoulder it is, and people are like... <laughs> I think it's left. Well, I just, I just throw it over both just to be safe. Over yeah. That's fair. Safety safety Safe. first. If you if you take the time to throw it over one shoulder, you might as well just... Just go on the other. Hit both shoulders. Just cover your bases. You only have two. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. We'll end there. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.